So cannabis use has been legalized for private consumption in South Africa, like other countries across the globe. And you can now uh, grow your own cannabis or you can join a growers club. Um, I'm not going to get into the intricacies of how that works within our South African system, but uh, what you can see more and more is that retail outlets are opening up and that you can join uh, a club that's sort of being hosted at that retail outlet. And they can't sell you cannabis, but uh, through your club membership, you can now also obtain uh, cannabis for, for private consumption. And there's some technicalities and some legalities in that that I don't want to get into. But uh, the bottom line is that in South Africa, cannabis has now been uh, legalized for, for private consumption. And in a neighboring town, I've got a, a person that I know quite well that's uh, got a cell group and they were planning a year function. And one of the other cell group members, quite a mature person, uh, somebody that's journeying with other people, discipling other people, um, quite an active ministry, this person. And uh, they wanted to know whether they could put out edibles, uh, specifically uh, brownies. Uh, so for those of you that don't know, that would now be a brownie or a cookie or fudge or something that's uh, got cannabis in it. And specifically THC cannabis, which is uh, the, the compound that creates the psychogenic effects. In any case, they wanted to know whether they could put out uh, the edibles, the brownies now for the yen function. And this created quite a lively debate because uh, the group was split between two. Some of them were saying, no, that's okay, which was interesting because it means that there's obviously more people uh, using it within the cell group. And some of them were uncertain and unsure about how to, how to approach the, the topic, which also makes sense. But the reality is that uh, it's legalized. That was the argument of the person that made the, the offer and the suggestion of the edible. Uh, the question was, okay, but what's wrong? It's legal now. So it's legalized. Why can't we use it? Um, if you are comfortable drinking a glass of wine and we are saying that that's okay to drink a glass of wine, then why is it not okay to, to have a brownie? And this was the argument. And what we need to understand is that, uh, number one, uh, this isn't a problem that's going to go away. Uh, number two, in my experience, significantly more people are experimenting with it and using it. And we might uh, touch on the issue of psychedelics at some stage uh, as well. But uh, even on the psychedelic uh, side, there's a lot of people that's, that's busy experimenting and using things in today's uh, day and age, uh, including people that are churchgoers and that you might see as quite mature believers they are using. Um, the difference, obviously, between the cannabis and the psychedelics is that the cannabis is now legal, whereas psychedelics is illegal. But on the, on the cannabis side, this sort of begs the question, if it's legal, what do we now tell people? So what do I tell my church members about uh, the use of cannabis if it's legal? Now, let's quickly jump into the arguments that I think we should stay away from as a church. Now, I just want to tell you guys, I don't actually... Um, I'm not going to be voicing an opinion on whether you should be using cannabis or not be using cannabis. That's not the goal of uh, this video. This video is just to stimulate conversation and to help people understand and think about how we might approach the topic. Um, so if you are using no judgment from my side, um, honestly, no judgment from my side. Uh, if you don't use no judgment from my side. So I don't have an, a, a specific opinion on um, your use and the reasons that you are using it for. Uh, I'm just sort of having a, putting my thoughts out there concerning um, how, to, how we might think about it or better think about the topic. Now, how I would not approach the topic, number one, is to make a blanket statement and say that the use of cannabis is morally wrong. Okay. 
because number one you're going to have a very difficult time substantiating that from scripture pretty much the only scripture that i know that refers to uh, the use of um, any sort of uh, substance um, meaning not not alcohol now but any sort of uh, a chemical substance or pharmacological substance or anything like that is in Revelation. There's a scripture that uh, says, by your sorcery you have deceived them. And if you look at the Greek of that word uh, sorcery, it says uh, pharmakia. And, and that's pretty much the only reference um, is that uh, in this or in the future times, there's going to be some sort of deception uh, brought forth by the, the misuse of, of pharmakia. Now, to try and take that and to blanket transplant it onto the issue of cannabis you need to do quite a bit of, of mental gymnastics so i would be hesitant of, of going that way i really don't believe scripture uh, very directly speaks to the issue of use of, of cannabis the other thing we need to remember is that we are far past uh, the day and age where somebody should just do something because you tell them to do it so what I mean by that, let's say you're uncomfortable with the use of cannabis or you believe it's morally wrong or you be, believe there's no actual uh, benefit or, to the use. Um, so you as a spiritual leader say, no, you shouldn't be using it. That's not really the best way that you want to um, equip your, your, your congregation or your flock. I do understand at some stage, you know, we need to sort of come in and have a quite a strong uh, standpoint about certain issues. And I, and I believe specifically uh, that's the case where there's clear uh, moral and ethical guidelines in, in Scripture. But here's the problem. If you tell another person you have to this or you shouldn't this or you can't this, that doesn't actually bring them to a place of maturity, okay? So one of the facets of, of maturity is that through regular practice, you have been trained, I have been trained, or the individual has been trained to discern good from evil, okay? So what does that imply? That implies that I am using my faculties in conjunction with the tools that uh, Christ has given me, and I am teaching myself through practice how to discern whether something is, is good or evil. So for me, when I'm discipling somebody, that's my process. Occasionally, I will say, listen, you need to stay away from this thing because there's a very clear, uh, there's a very clear line that can be drawn. But what I want for this person in front of me is I want them to reach maturity. And for them to be able to reach maturity, it means that they need to practice discerning good from evil. And, and that's very much also what this type of video is about. It's about giving people the tools to think so that they can better pray and better also discern. Now, sometimes we want to remove those boxes from each other and say it's only spirit here and it's only uh, intellect on, on this side. But as human beings, we're quite integrated beings. And, and I would usually tell people, you know, I would pray as I think or I would think as I pray, meaning uh, they, they basically feed, feed into each other. So what I'm getting at is when you are speaking to somebody about this uh, issue of cannabis use, you actually want them to make their own mature decision about whether to use and whether not to use. You don't actually want to be projecting your decision onto them because that will never lead to maturity. They're not going to grow up and, and become mature believers. They're going to stay children in Christ. Okay, And we need to be very careful 
that we don't nurture babies, infants and children in Christ and that we don't keep them at that level by always telling them what to do and what not to do. We need to help them to grow and to mature and to give them the tools that they need to actually be able to make decisions for themselves. Okay, I hope that makes sense to you. Now, getting back then to the use of cannabis, what does that mean? It means that you want this person in front of you to be able to make a well-informed, spirit-led decision about whether they should be using cannabis or not. Now, because there's no actual clear instruction, thou shalt not smoke weed in the Bible, that means some work is necessary. And as Christians, especially as leaders, we should be careful of always trying to shortcut that. Because again, if I shortcut that, I'm not actually bringing anybody to maturity. So I need to be able to talk to them about the use of cannabis. Yes, it's legal now, like alcohol is legal. So how do we now think about it? Because now we can't go and say, oh, it's illegal. So because it's illegal, you know, we can't use it. So how would I approach uh, the topic? And I don't believe the correct way would be just to say, you shall not use it. Why not? Because from my authority, I'm uh, projecting it onto you. You shall, not, you shall not use it. Okay, good. So that means the problem within this uh, conversation is that because there's no clear uh, instruction, thou shalt not smoke weed and thou shalt not eat the edible, uh, because there's no clear instruction in, in, in scripture, we need to understand some of the decision-making processes from scripture. So we need to look at scripture and say, okay, what can I get from the Bible that can help me to make a decision, a good decision about uh, whether I should be using or not. Now, number one, we always want to submit to the authority of the Spirit of God. So we always want to go to him first and we want to get either peace or no peace in terms of any decision that we want to make directly from the Spirit of God. Now, sometimes for some people, that process uh, isn't as clear-cut, and I, and I understand that. And sometimes that's a growth issue, sometimes uh, I've noticed it's a temperament issue, sometimes I've also noticed it might actually just be a state of being issue. Um, uh, occasionally people that I come across are highly, highly uh, under pressure, or maybe struggling with, with trauma, or just hurting. Uh, it's, it's more difficult for them to get very clear-cut uh, answers in, in that manner. And I don't think we should now say, okay, don't engage the Spirit of God. I have to engage the Spirit of God. I still need to get the leading of God. Uh, this is a big part of what spiritual maturity is about. It's this idea that irrespective of where I am and which state I'm in, I'm going to seek after Christ and I'm going to trust that Christ through His Spirit is going to give me direction on whether I should be doing this thing or not. That's one of the important facets of this question. Now, another thing that we need to consider is if we think about Paul, Paul makes an interesting statement uh, when he writes to the Corinthians. He says that actually as a Christian, I'm going to paraphrase just uh, for ease of conversation, actually as Christians, we are free, okay? We are free to do pretty much all things. Now, just hold on, I'm going to specify uh, a little bit more in a, in a moment. But, but this is the language that he uses. He uses language of freedom and he, he echoes that throughout the New Testament. He actually echoes it quite a bit and he says, where the Spirit of God is, there is freedom. It is for freedom that we have been set free. 
and the context uh, of those two scriptures might be slightly different, but hear and internalize this idea of freedom, that we are actually free men and women, and that we should be pursuing uh, liberty and living as, as free men and women. So he goes on, he says, we are free. Okay, so we can pretty much make decisions about uh, what we want to do. Okay, but not everything is useful or helpful. Might be two different uh, interpretations of the Greek uh, word there. So I can actually do what I want to do, but is it useful? Is it helpful? Because if it's not useful, if it's not helpful, then I'm pretty much wasting my time with something. Now, this is quite an important principle to understand because a lot of times we are busy with things that are not useful, that are not helpful. Now, why I'm specifically mentioning the scripture is because it's very well researched and documented that cannabis in certain forms are medically useful and medically helpful. And it's interesting that Paul, at some stage, he speaks to Timothy and he says to Timothy, he, he alludes to this idea of using red wine. I'm assuming it's red wine. I'm not 100% certain if that's what, what the scripture says, but he, what he, he talks about wine and about this idea that the wine has got some sort of medical benefit uh, for his, um, his uh, gastric system. Now, that sort of opens the door again. That sort of says, okay, but I mean, if Paul says I can use some wine, which is legal for medical purposes, then shouldn't it be fine if I'm using certain forms of cannabis for medical purposes? Uh, I'm, I'm not necessarily going to express an, uh, uh, what I would say an instruction on that, but let me say this, I have seen people in end stages of their life, suffering from uh, cancer, severe cancer, in severe pain, significant pain, uh, where cannabis has actually helped them to, with some dignity and some quality of life, get through that stage. So I've witnessed that, yes, there are, in certain cases, medical benefits on, in the use of, of, of cannabis. But Paul speaks about this idea. He says, okay, you know, we're free but not everything is, is, is useful. So maybe a question uh, in terms of uh, cannabis use would be, why am I using the cannabis or why would I want to use the cannabis? Is it useful? Is it helpful? And then I need to ask a second question. What is it useful or what is it helpful for? Now, I mentioned the, the medical and the pain management issue because it might be that there's a very valid reason why it's useful and helpful. But it might also be that I'm using the cannabis as a form of escapism. A lot of people use drugs, and I come from a severe addiction background, as a form of escaping, as a form of numbing, as a form of experiencing, and this is now of certain other drugs, not of cannabis, experiencing a sense of love and affection that we might not have experienced uh, in, in our infancy. So in that sense, Yes, the cannabis might be useful, but it's useful because there's certain underlying pain and the cannabis is helping me to escape from or to manage that pain. Now, in that case, I might say, okay, so the cannabis is useful for that, but is that something that I want to then continue long term? Because if there is some underlying trauma that needs to be brought to light and it needs to be addressed, the healthier long-term, uh, I think, strategy should be 
for me to build the resiliency, the capacity that I can attend to those issues so that I don't necessarily have to smoke or use cannabis for the rest of my life. For me, I, I think that would be a, a, a wise uh, introspection to do and maybe uh, you know to work on yourself if, if that's necessary. And this is also something I might mention just to church leaders, especially church leaders that don't always or maybe historically doesn't have a lot of uh, experience with uh, people that, are, that have suffered severe trauma or damage in, in their past. It's not always as simple as just getting those people to stop it. Okay, We need to respect the fact that that person is hurting, that they are damaged, and that God's dream for them is that they would actually be whole, healed, and free from that as well. And again, we should be careful of taking shortcuts uh, in that in that process. Another interesting that Paul then thing that Paul goes on to say is he says again he says, okay, we are free to do what we like, but nothing will have a hold on me. And that's been a very defining scripture for me coming from addiction is this idea that I can be addicted to things, that things can get a hold of me, things can take control of my life, they can oppress me. Um, and we need to be careful of not being hypocritical and just trying to allocate that to drugs and our drugs and specifically addictive drugs because many people are at this stage struggling with over-the-counter prescription addiction. Many people are struggling with sugar addiction. Many people are struggling with uh, caffeine or stimulant addiction. And so if we want to have integrity, we can't now go and vilify cannabis use because we are uncomfortable with it or because we don't understand it or because we just don't like it or because historically we were told it's uh, bad and it's evil and it's this and it's that. So we cannot vilify cannabis and then we allow the others because that's hypocrisy, okay? So if Paul comes and says, nothing shall have a hold on me, that means for me as a Christian, as a believer, uh, and coming back to that nomad art as well, I want to be free. That means I need to be free from everything that has a hold on me. Now, cannabis is, in medical, medical terms, not uh, as, as a substance. It's, it's not habit-forming. It's not actually addictive. But... People that struggle with other things that are using the cannabis as a form of escape or as a form of management for something else, the habit gets formed around the escaping and around the management. It's not actually that they are addicted to the substance, it is that they are forming a habit and the addiction is actually to the escaping and the addiction is actually to the management of this problem that they uh, are struggling to, to bring to light and, and to deal with. And so in that sense, again, we need to be careful because no, is it clinically, is it medically addictive? No, it's not. Have I seen and have I at one stage of my life um, also stepped in it? Yes, I have seen many people start to use more and 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 more because there are other things that they are not necessarily uh, dealing with. And guys, I want to be careful and just say, uh, if you're using a lot of cannabis, I'm not saying you messed up. I'm not saying necessarily you're traumatized. 
I don't know your unique um, situation. Um, I'm just saying these are things that I've encountered many times in life, and it's something that I've I was struggling with uh, as well uh, many many moons ago. But but I think that starts to give us ways to speak about about cannabis is to ask ourselves, listen, what is God telling you about this thing? What do you feel in your spirit about the use of cannabis? Number one. Number two, is the use of this substance, is it useful and is it helpful to something in your life at this stage? And if it is, what is it helping? Okay. And as uh, maybe from pastoral backgrounds or therapeutic backgrounds, that's that question is worth gold because it can help us to understand this individual significantly better and it can help us to really assist them into becoming more resilient and, and maybe just to working, to working through things. And then there's this third thing, am I seeing some form of addiction or habit uh, forming? And, and that's quite an important thing because the moment that I notice anything, whether it's cannabis, irrespective of what it is, the moment that I notice that this habit or this substance or uh, this practice that I'm busy with is starting to take up more space in my life. It's starting to fill up my days, fill up my evenings. I plan around it. I budget around it. When I'm thinking, I'm thinking with that in mind. Does that make sense, guys? Those are all signs that something is starting to, to get a hold of me. Because what should I be planning my life around? For me as a believer, as a follower of Christ, it should be around Christ and around the kingdom first of all. But if I'm starting to find myself building, budgeting, practicing around this thing, cannabis, it can be anything, guys. Again, it can be a hobby. It can be prescription meds. It can be uh, cars. It can be money. It can be my work addiction. Anything. But the moment that I pick up that I'm building my life around this thing, I'm moving my focus from Christ, from Jesus onto this thing, and it's starting to fill up that space, then we're transgressing Paul's law of nothing shall have hold of me. And that I think should give us some more depth, hopefully give you some more depth in terms of thinking about this uh, issue of, of cannabis uh, being, being legalized. And maybe as a disclaimer, I just want to say that obviously I'm basing this on my own experience. And even though I've got quite a broad range of connection, network of connection with the, with the church in South Africa. It might be that your church or some other churches are speaking about the topic, but um, I just want to honor that and, and, and respect that. But still, in my experience, this thing is happening. It's real. It's going to grow. And I'm not really seeing people talk about it. And historically, the things a church doesn't speak about are the things the church struggles with. Churches that don't talk about Financial management, the congregation members struggle with it. Churches that don't talk about marriage quality, marriage um, health, congregation members uh, struggle with it. So we need to understand this is a very relevant, a very actual topic. And if we're not going to be talking about it, uh, we might miss the boat. And I'm quite confident if your congregation members at an honesty level and a trust level of 100%, 
and you ask them, is there anybody here that's using cannabis currently uh, in whatever form, for whatever reason, you're probably going to see more hands than, than you thought you might. So it's here, guys, and we need to be speaking about it. And I hope these principles uh, might be helpful and uh, just uh, give you guys some guidance in, in how to think and address it when, you, when it comes across your path. Hello everyone, don't forget to subscribe to the Nomad Church channel and to make sure that you get the notifications on the new videos. But I also want to ask you that if this video made you think, if the topic was relevant, maybe you know somebody that might uh, find some use in the topic, kindly share it for me. Always remember that shares from any sort of channel on social media are worth gold. And then if you want to share a comment on the bottom, let me know your thoughts on the topic. Be great to hear from you guys. Thanks again. Till next time.